everybody. Welcome to Comedy Girl Crush Podcast on the Period Network. And this is... Bonus content, 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 content. <laughs> Mickey and I are going to be interviewing each other. <laughs> oh, I smoked too much weed. <laughs> Mickey and I are going to be interviewing each other, which is something that we don't uh, get to do on our podcast and find out a little bit more about each other's comedy background. Yes, this is very exciting. And I'm going to ask Katie the first question, which is, what were you like growing up? I was like... Uh... I was like a pretty good kid, I'm going to say. I was a, I was a nerd. I was definitely like a book nerd. I remember when I was in 3rd grade, I asked for a bunch of books for my birthday, and my parents were so happy. I remember they were so happy cuz they were like, "Oh, you're going to be easy." <laughs> uh, cuz my older sister was like she was very popular um, and had a ton of friends and just was like hated school and didn't do her homework and was like, I'm sure very tough to manage. And so when I came along and I was like, I don't need a ride anywhere. I just stay home in my room and read. They were like, oh, awesome. <laughs> um, so I, I guess I was just like, uh, I, was, I was a pretty nerdy kid. I wasn't terribly funny. I was pretty quiet and pretty shy. Um, but I had like a funny family. And we all did theater together. And I think that, like, being around my sisters and doing theater, like, definitely opened me up and contributed to me eventually pursuing the arts. Oh, wow. That's so neat. Uh, Family doing theater together. Yeah. my So we all did community theater. It started with my dad because my dad was a, a music major in college and he like uh, found this, our local community theater. He found out about an audition for Bye Bye Birdie and he auditioned. And then my sisters and I went to see it and we were just like, I wanna do that. And he was like, oh great, that's great. We'll all do it. And then my mom was like, well, I'm not gonna sit at home alone while you guys all do plays. I guess I'll do some plays. And so we like all did theater together. That's adorable. It was pretty cute. It was like definitely some of my fondest memories with my family is like doing doing plays together. Oh my goodness. So I feel very lucky to have that in my background for sure. Um, That's cool. So you were like theater and also, but mostly a book nerd. Yeah. And actually I think like, even though I, I always liked theater, uh, I, I kind of always knew I wanted to be a writer in in the writing mm. aspect of it. Um, Cause I went to see my dad, he was in, it's a, it's a play called 10 Little Indians, which is not the proper nomenclature, but it's based on Agatha Christie's And Then There Were None. And it's a murder mystery and like, I saw that play every night. I was obsessed with it. Um, And so what I originally wanted to do was like write murder mysteries because I thought like being able to mess with people's minds was just like the coolest thing. And that play did that so well. (laughs) (laughs) How about you, Nikki? What were you like growing up? Um, I was was kind of similar. I was a total book nerd. Um, I think I would be described as uh, somebody who was... uh, very like sweet and nice and wanted to be a good kid uh like very much like how i guess i i think i was i was pretty anxious um also like now as an adult i'm learning i had 80 i've had adhd my whole life and at the time i just thought like i don't know you know i'm i'm adult brained or whatever <laughs> but i would like i'd forget things a lot like uh, let me every day i would i would lose a shoe like every single day i would lose a shoe or like that sort of thing. 
but I would I would say when I was a kid, I was a quiet, for the most part, a quiet person who could like disappear for like hours and hours and hours getting sucked into a, a book. Um, but I also had this like this sh- sort of thing. I, I like now I'm like looking back on it and it, it was like, oh, no wonder I got into performing because because uh, I liked to dance around and I liked to sing. And then, you know, and eventually I liked to like act and I liked I liked performing and my family would be like they would just like kind of shove the spotlight on me and like sometimes it'd be really fun and it'd be like, oh, this is my chance to sing. Uh, and I would do it like there's a video of me singing this really cute song called like i'm sorry and i'm like doing this like lip quiver and i'm like where the hell did that come from uh but i don't know it's weird because like i would be tired not tired i would be quiet all the time uh for the most part reading and stuff and then i would like perform and like i'd be like called upon it was like this is my chance for attention like your parents like whatever family would come over they'd be like nikki do yes thing. like oh yeah they're like sing sing for sing for your aunt vicky nikki um you know it'd be like that uh and then i'd be like pull up from my book and like hello <laughs> did you have opportunities to perform like at school or like other things when you were a kid yeah like they would do like talent shows and stuff like that um i'm the youngest of five kids and the all of my siblings were like, none of them had gotten to performing, so and my dad did. My dad was in a band. Uh, he was in a he was in a heavy metal band as a lead guitarist, and they uh, they rehearsed in our house. So, like, I was familiar with, like, performing sort of through him a little bit and, like, what that is, but the rest of my family, like, no interest at all. Um, and so, wait, what was the question? Oh, just, like, what? <laughs> I mean, I'll, this is like, I feel like this is answering the question, but like, did you uh, like have early opportunities when you were younger to perform like in oh. front of a lot of people kind of thing? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, it's actually funny. I I had no shame. Like for a period of time, I didn't really have shame about performing or like have stage fright. So I remember in like the second grade, I performed in our like elementary school talent show in front of the whole school and I sang Somewhere Over the Rainbow, which to this day is sort of like, that's like my jam, that's my song. I actually sang the like, me first in the Gimme Gimme's version, like at my wedding with the band we had. It was really cool. Anyways, um, and then at some point, like after that, I got started getting like stage fright and uh, like singing in front of people made me sort of like really nervous. Uh, and so I like I couldn't do it kind of for a long time until high school when I like met like my best friend in high school and I would just like go around belting to musicals in her car. And that kind of got me over my like fear of singing. Was there like um, an event that made you uh, that kind of gave that to you or is it just like general adolescent self-consciousness? I think it was just self con like I don't know where it came from, but I remember I sang Somewhere Over the Rainbow in the second grade and I think the next year or like a couple or two years maybe after that, we took this trip to Florida. Like I, I lived in Michigan in this small town outside of Detroit. And we took this trip to Florida to see family. Uh, eventually, we moved there. 
Um, but we went to this karaoke bar and like there was nobody in the bar, but I like picked somewhere to sing, I picked to sing somewhere over the rainbow and I was too afraid to get up there and do it. And it was, it was very weird. Like, I don't know where it came from, (laughs) like, uh, but all of a sudden I just had like intense, like anxiety about singing in front of people. Like I went up there and I did like, Like, I, we took Japanese in elementary school, and I would go up there and, like, at the talent show, do, like, Japanese, like, do, like, sort of skits in Japanese. Uh, <laughs> or, like, you know, like, do a dance or something like that. But just singing got, like, scaly. Ah, do you still sing? Oh, yeah, I love it. Yeah. I, like, I I tried to go to, high, uh, like, college for musical theater, and I did not get into musical theater i can't dance i mean i can dance i just can't follow choreography um you have musical theater dance requirements are pretty intense they were yeah it was intense it was uh it was actually like really funny uh the like jazz portion of this like audition to get into the program <laughs> the, like everybody forgot the dance of like the same part in my group and like we were supposed to have like eight counts of like improvising and we all were just like improvising for almost the whole song like we were just like la, 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 like jazz fingers well so what did you study in college though by the way i did study theater uh, oh you did study theater yeah i got a I got a ba in theater arts uh right and that was like a whole thing like i wanted to be um at my high my high school didn't have a lot like a, a big arts program and sort of our, our like teacher our drama teacher was kind of like she wasn't going she was trying to be an English teacher and they su- kind of suckered her into being a drama teacher but she was like amazing like she like all things considered like this wasn't what her goals were but like she did a really great job of like trying to make it worth our while but it was hard because it wasn't like money so yeah but it was still sort of like, I guess the top dog of my like high school theater, you know how it is. And then you go to like college and you're like, oh, I feel like nobody. <laughs> uh, and I wanted to do musical theater. And then it was like, oh, called back for, for acting, the acting program. Uh, and then I didn't get into that either. And I sort of learned how to create my own opportunities because they were sort of like it was a conservatory on one side or you could go and get your BA, which was more general. Gotcha. And I was like BA student. And I was like, oh, it's like hard at first because I like had these like goals. And I was like, I'm not good enough. I'm not a good enough actor. And then I learned how to like produce, essentially. Like I just learned how to produce my own projects to get them done. Um, <clears throat> and then kind of after college, I was like theater theater doesn't feel right for me uh and I didn't really know what I wanted to do and I was also kind of having health problems I wasn't aware of um I have Hashimoto's disease and I had all these health problems and didn't know what was up and so I was kind of just working this nine to five job in HR at Universal Studios Orlando and I did that for like a couple years and started to get like I don't know, just like really just depressed. I was like, what am I doing with myself? And I kind of got involved in like a theater production and then volunteered for this other theater production. Cause I was like, at the very least, like do some community theater. Cause it's something. 
And I met this guy named Joe Glass. And he was, when I met him backstage at this thing, he was just sort of this character. Uh, and he gave me his, like, business card, and it said traveling carnies on it. And I was like, what is this? And he was like, oh, it's my sketch. It's, like, my sketch team. I'm on a sketch team and they had created this sketch team when they were like in high school and then they all moved to like Orlando and we're doing these these video sketches and I watched a couple and I was like, I want to do this. And I sort of like suckered my way into this, into this group uh, that had been together. Well, he gave you his card. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So like, I basically how it went is like he gave the card and I was like, this is really cool. I watched the stuff. And then he had the cast party at his place and a couple members from his sketch team had come there and I like met them. And, uh, and I was just like, just like hit it off with these guys where I was like, Oh, these feel like my people. (laughs) Like these, like, you know, like I can joke around with them and we're like, be weird and stuff like that. And I kind of like, weaseled my way in and helped them produce like their first live show because they'd only done video sketches and it was like that was it producing this producing this like live sketch show uh was like the most fulfilling thing I felt so powerful and it was cool because I was like in it and I was helping writing and it was like a whole thing like like it just like changed everything and then Joe and I decided we were gonna move out to LA and do comedy but uh, the long story short, I was doing theater. It just didn't feel like the right place for me. Met some sketch comedians, started doing that, and was like, oh, this is all of the things that I've ever done in my life lead to this moment. <laughs> that's, yeah, that was, that was it. And sketch so comedy was the love. Um, and that's like, that sketch comedy was like where you fell in love with comedy and realized that you wanted to pursue it. Yeah, yeah. Because I think I love stand up, and I tried stand up a couple times in Orlando, and was, and then tried it a couple times out here, and was sort of just like, it just doesn't give me the like, the like joy of doing characters and getting to use like the talents that I have as like, as somebody who can sing and yeah, produce and write and yeah. So that's that was it. What about you? Like, when did you realize you? you wanted to do comedy when did that decision happen I like it wasn't I don't know so ever since I was in like when I was in middle school I um I discovered Comedy Central um and I remember so clearly discovering it because I that's like where I fell in love with stand-up and I like it was like Greg Giraldo um uh Mitch Hedberg like the first Nick Swartzen Comedy Central presents presents special yeah like I was just I was like, that's, that's amazing. And I remember I used to do like stand-up sets in my bedroom by myself, like as <gasps> like a 12 year old. And my older sister would hide in my closet and watch me. This happened a lot, but I, I like loved, I like loved stand-up for a long time. And then when I was in, and I, I stopped doing community theater at my local community theater just because I had like a bad relationship with one of the directors there and like community Uh, theater is very gossipy. And it just was like, I was like, you know, I'm not trying to pin my whole uh, well-being on like this one (laughs) group of people. (laughs) Um, Yeah, At that point I was in high school and there was a drama program, which we didn't have at my middle school. And I was like, I will just do this. This seems way better to me. I didn't love musical theater, but I loved theater. And so the drama program was a really good fit for me. 
Um, and I remember, oh my gosh, when I was in, like, I must have driven my high school drama teacher crazy because when we would get assigned monologues, I would do Dave Foley monologues from Kids in the Hall. <laughs> yes. um, and she would just look at me and go, what is this? Like, where did you find this? Like, she was like, you know, she was like, I know this is not in a book in this classroom. Where did you find this monologue? Where did you find it? Well, Kids in the Hall was in syndication on Comedy Central at the time. And I had in my room, like one of those little TVs with a VCR and I would tape episodes of it. And then to memorize these monologues, I just watched them over and over and over again. What a nerd! <laughs> I know. I like <laughs> Kids in the Hall was like, I was like, this is it. This is the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. I like blew my mind. Like the way I think discovering sketch comedy, it was just like, oh, comedy can be also just like fucking weird. You know, yes. it doesn't it, like I it just like blew my mind. It was like you can just make something that's fucking weird and it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, and so like like the kids, the Dave Foley bad doctor monologue was like my favorite one to do. I would perform that monologue all the time in my drama class. And my drama teacher just hated it. She hated it so much. But she was very encouraging. And she like she my older sister had been a very good drama student. And so I think that <laughs> that gave me like some help in her class because she'd just be like oh robin's sister like you're you're good because you have a good <laughs> sister um but then when i was in college i just like i was like a little bit of an angsty older teenager slash early 20 something i got into the creative writing program at ucla and i was like i'm a serious writer i'm gonna write short stories like raymond carver i'm i'm gonna be a writer and i stopped doing comedy for a really long time and then like after college kind of like went on like a very roundabout trajectory i like went abroad for a couple of years to try and like get some life experience and then came back and got like a regular job in like a corporate office and just a yeah. few student loans <laughs> um and then while i was doing that i was living in the bay area and i was fucking miserable like I think I think this is a pretty common theme you hear from people like you just said like I was yeah working corporate and like with the idea that I would write in my free time which I was not doing at all right and I just like needed something and the Bay Area like I lived right down the street I lived in downtown San Francisco right down the street from a laundromat that also ran an open mic on Mondays and I, it was called the Brainwash Cafe, and I just started going there, and I, like, would watch a couple open mics and, like, watched enough people do meh that I was like, okay, like, if I get up <laughs> and I suck, it'll be fine. So that's cool. But I needed to, like, that reassurance. But so that I did an open mic there, and I was just like... I like actually did pretty well. The host of the mic did not believe me that it was my first time ever trying to do stand-up. He like did not believe me. He's yes. like, no, 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 but seriously, like where, where, where have you done it before? I was like, no, this is my first time. And that was like, <laughs> that made me feel so good. I was like, oh, he like doesn't believe me, cool. Um, and it was cool because like I had been in love with stand-up for so long, like through my whole life, you know? And I was like, it just was not something I ever thought that I could do. And so when I was like, because I wasn't the funny one in my family. My younger sister is hilarious, and she was, like, the funny one. And so I never really thought of myself <laughs> as being funny. Um, and so I was like, oh, maybe maybe I am funny. Like, maybe this is something I could do. And I did mics, and then I started doing shows up there. And I, um, I'm from down here. And so as I started to do more and more shows up there, I was like, you know, like – 
I'm going to end up moving down to Southern Lake to LA eventually if I keep pursuing this. And I got laid off from my job and I was like, no time like the present. Let's just do it. Perfect. Oh, oh man. Oh, that's so funny. Do you feel like you're, you're like all that time doing theater and being on stage and just like all that consumption of comedy, like, like, of course you had to have been good at that first time. I say that, but then some people really just, like, don't grasp it. Yeah. I think I always thought about this, like, because I would watch comedians whose jokes were, like, hilarious, but they just did not have, like, stage presence, presence yeah. or, like, confidence on stage. And I was, like, I always felt like, oh, I'm I'm very lucky that I grew up with that because I'm not afraid of being by myself at a microphone. Like, I may not be the funniest person in the room right now, but I can, like, get better at that. But, like, I didn't have that hurdle that a lot of comedians have of, like, just getting comfortable on stage. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. Like, getting that initial, like, stage fright thing, that's, like, the biggest. Um, yeah. I mean, I remember the first time I did stay- – I'm. I don't know we're talking about you, but the first time I did stand up, it was like my whole set was like about pooping, uh, which is like a common theme in my comedy still today. I talk about pooping all the time. My Twitter is tweets at toilets. Like, uh, <laughs> so I did this. I did this set that was just all about pooping, and it was my first time. And I got a really like I got very good response, all things considered. And then this guy afterwards was like, he got up after me and was like trying to make fun of me I guess or like trying to like call out and it wasn't get, like he wasn't getting laughs and then he was just trying to like call me out and make fun of me and I like wasn't paying attention because I had checked out he wasn't very funny and I was sort of just like <laughs> and I was like looking at my notes and just like he said something about me and then everybody's looking at me for my reaction and I'm just like Oh, what? I'm sorry. I wasn't paying attention. And I, he like, I like got the biggest laugh of his whole set. It's <laughs> like him trying to rag on me. I was like, you, you know roasted what? him without meaning to. Yeah. I was like, I don't even need to like, I don't even need to do stand up anymore. Cause I have this one experience and I'm like, cool. That was enough for me. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, uh... what are your, what are your goals and what's your like dream? I think it's evolving always for me as a comedian. Like when I first started, yeah. I was like, oh, I want to be on SNL. Like I, I want to be a writer, a performer or something on SNL. And now uh, that is just something that doesn't interest me as much anymore. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, it's just, I, I, I don't know if that's environment, that environment is somewhere where I'll thrive or really enjoy myself. And I think the older I get, I came into comedy a little late. And so the struggle I have is like, when you're older, you're just like, you don't want to deal with people's shit. But like when you're young, you're like, oh, I, I'm, I'm young and I can handle it. Now I'm old and yeah. I'm tired. And I'm like, I don't want to <laughs> deal with anything that makes me feel bad. Um, <laughs> uh, so I think like, I would I would love at some point love to have like a 30 minute stand up special like uh, at some point in my life, like have enough jokes together that I could do like a full 30 minute special or a comedy album of some kind. And then I have some pilots and um, like I'd love to make a TV show, I think. Yeah. And then, I love writing. I'm like working on a feature right now. And I'm just like, I just want to make shit. I just want to make shit that people see. I think that's like my 
when I like the older I get, the more general my goals get. But it's just like I just want to make shit that people see. That's it. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> How about you? I feel like, like that's what? a yeah, that's a realistic goal to have, but also you know a good good goal. I just want people to like. I just yeah. I just want to like yeah. I don't know. I think that like giving myself more general goals will allow me to feel a little more successful in an industry that is just constantly beating you down. <laughs> well, I am right there with you. I feel like the same thing where it's like, oh, these goals are constantly evolving and um, like sort of what I dreamed of even like five years ago as like, ooh, this is the ultimate goal. It's like, I've now got more experience in those things. And then I'm like, Actually, maybe I think I liked that in theory, but ultimately I don't want to do that. Like I had this, I had this dream of having like, oh, it's like my own show and it's about me. And you know, you're like, like, ooh, like that I'm like a main character in it. And then I actually had it and had to like be the show, like I am the showrunner. And I'm like, oh, maybe I don't actually want to do all of this stuff. Like maybe I would really just like to be more of an actor and like character and do these characters um but i don't know but it's always changing because uh like i love hosting like i i love that that's super fun uh and i love performing obviously and writing um but yeah i think i'm still right now i'll be honest i'm in that place where i'm like I don't know if I exactly have a goal anymore. It used to be starring, writing and starring in my own sitcom. And I don't know if that's my goal or not anymore. I yeah. think I just want to like make a living flitting about on these flowers and maybe someday have the sort of career that you can look back at and go like, wow, like, Oh, that's cool. Like this person was consistently working. They weren't famous and not not a household name by any means, but like you can look back at this person's body of work and be like, cool. Yeah, that was that was some good shit. And that's what I yeah. want. I just want to look back. My goal is to look back on my body of work and be like, cool, I got to do some fun ass shit. I think that's like honestly the the longer I'm in LA I think that like goals like that are so necessary just because you don't know what's gonna happen but if you can like just be proud of what you did and what you spent your time doing like that is huge like that is fucking yeah. huge here um, well well Katie it was great talking to you Nikki this was, it was so nice to get to chat with you like this in a way that we never really get to do I agree this was lovely and i can't wait to hear more about all of you because i'm a big fan of you i got a girl crush on you a comedy girl crush on you oh my gosh nikki my comedy girl crush on you is huge it's a comedy oh girl boner <laughs> comedy girl boner speaking of uh, check out girl boner on period podcast network <laughs> hey share us rate us do all of that stuff you're the best Stay